Welcome to the Two Worlds podcast. I'm your host, Jake Dilly. And as always, the Batman and my Superman, Casey Morris, with me here today. I am the Knight. I am Vengeance. And I am the podcast co-host. Hey, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> I'm great, man. How was your day today? Oh, not too bad. Wet, mostly. It rained a lot here, and I was working outside, and then... I just got out of the shower, so that added to the wetness. But <laughs> other than other than that, it was good. How about you? Oh, not too bad. I didn't have to go to work today, so that's always a good day. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'd like to start out by uh, saying everybody that uh, is listening right now should give us a follow on Twitter, at 2 underscore worlds underscore PC. And also Instagram at Two Worlds Pod. If you guys have any questions, you can email us at Two Worlds Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Five stars. Five stars, please. Um, all right, so let's start off with some news, man. Uh, we got some new pictures of, uh, of the Matt Reeves Batmobile this week. So, what are your thoughts on those? Uh, I'm kind of, I'll, I'll say lukewarm on them. Like I get like, they look better than the tumbler ever did in my opinion, but it still just kind of looks like a muscle car. Like it, I would much rather have it looking like the animated series Batmobile or like even the Tim Burton style Batmobiles. I thought those were so cool. Mostly because that's what I grew up with. This one just kind of looks like a car and they, I mean I guess the kind of the car look goes well with the hockey pads look that he's got going on but to me that doesn't really scream Batman what about you man um I I agree that it would be cooler to see something along the lines of the animated series and I do agree that the Tim Burton Batmobile was awesome but I do still really enjoy the muscle car look and I don't know if that's just because I like cars and I think it looks cool <laughs> it is a cool looking gotcha. car. Um, it may not be the best looking Batmobile, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like come movie time. True, and it does make me think of the Francisco Francavilli. I think that was him. Uh, his art that he did for like a 1977 Batman, like it looks very similar to that style yeah. as far as the car goes. So yeah. I mean, if they got him on as a guy to help with the designs of things i'd be okay with that <laughs> for sure i do love that artwork um yeah and then next we uh we heard that mark ruffalo is supposed to be in talks for the she-hulk show yeah i, I think he's needed so i mean i think he's kind of got them over a barrel as far as money but like he, they kind of have to have them if they want to do even close to bright uh that being said, it's the way Hulk has been here lately. It's kind of a disappointment to have him in this because you're going to have the same. Oh, I'm smart and I'm likable, but I can't really do anything, Hulk. And I, I'm not. I haven't been a fan of that. You know, from uh, Infinity War, I haven't wasn't really a fan of that Hulk at all. So, I mean, maybe they'll do something different with the character. That'd be cool, but probably won't. And he'll hopefully just be there just to give She Hulk her powers and then you know, scoot on and do something else because I wasn't too impressed with him post being able to talk as Hulk. Right. Yeah, he's definitely more of a, how would you say, like Professor Hulk, just not a lot of fighting, more sciencey stuff. Yeah, but I mean, like, and like with the Professor Hulk, he was, I mean, it's partially because of the times. Like, it was the 90s when Professor Hulk was going on. So he was cool, like 90s-style cool, where he had guns sometimes. And, you know, he was, like, just Bruce Banner. But he was, so he's kind of like, oh, I can do all this stuff. But he would also throw down. This Hulk, though, was, like, maybe it's just because it was Infinity War and they were trying to showcase everyone that there was, like, we'll let Hulk job out. It doesn't matter. We can showcase, you know, showcase everyone else this way and, so and that might be it, but yeah, that movie just really kind of disappointed disappointed me with the way Hulk was, and I and probably how he is how he is going to be going for that further since the Russos even said, oh, he won't be able to heal his arm back, right? Which is silly. <laughs> um, 
yeah, well, along the lines of, of Marvel movies and stuff, Christian Bale was confirmed by Tessa Thompson to be playing a villain in Love and Thunder. So any thoughts on who he might be playing? I have no idea. Like I was hearing early rumors that he was either going to be Thunderstrike or going to be Better A Bill. And who knows, knowing Takawakiti, however you say his name, I'm going to mispronounce every name I say today. But <laughs> knowing like how he is, he could still be those characters and just be a villain. It, I have no idea. But yeah. I'm along for the ride. Like Unlike you, I actually enjoyed Ragnarok and I'm not as invested in the Thor mythos as you are. So, I mean, I'm, I think he's going to be fun and I'll be ready for about whoever he is. What, who do you think he's going to be? Um, well, the, the, the big thing that I heard was possibly Mephisto. And I guess that that'll, that'll make sense. Um, if they go the route of, the Asgardian striking a deal with him to restore Asgard. I don't really know, um, you know, if they're going to want to do that or how that's going to work, but, you know, they could agree to do that and then Mephisto be a jerk like he always is and chaos ensues. So we'll just have to see. My, my one thought, though, with it being Mephisto is how would he work in the greater MCU? Because it's like, he's not going to be the devil, you know, like they're, they're not going to go that far. So like, how, how are they going to make it so that he's going to, you know, fit into this other stuff since like, he's going to be like, what a mad scientist. That's just a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know, man. Just, just uh, what I heard at the old rumor mill. (laughs) Yeah. Well have the answers for me. Come on. (laughs) Um, and then also more Marvel MCU news, uh, James Gunn said that he was open to some Guardians of the Galaxy spinoff films, and uh, in particular name-dropped Drax and Mantis, as in, like, the film would be called Drax and Mantis, and I just don't really know if that's what we need right now. Yeah, to to quote the kids today, yeah, this ain't it. This ain't it, Chief. Like, I mean, that's how old I am. I guess I just miss said that. But uh, they <laughs> like those two characters are just two slaps. Like they kind of ruined Drax in the second movie. They made him just too silly for him to be the headliner of a movie, especially opposite the other silly slapstick character. Like just having those two you know, kind of dumb goofballs together. It's not going it, to, it's like, who's the villain going to be Will Ferrell? Like that doesn't really work out in my, in my head anyway, James Gunn's a lot smarter than me. So maybe he knew, right. know how to make it work, but just looking at it, I, that's not a movie I'd want to see. Yeah, for sure. Although I remember back when guardians two came out, um, there were rumors that they were going to do a spinoff movie about Stallone, Starhawk, and like that original Guardians crew that was uh, there in a few scenes. And I'm still all for that happening, even though I know it's not going to. Yeah, that would be too dang cool. They like the only downside though is there is no way you'd get Sylvester Stallone to be, you know, shooting a full Marvel movie. Like this was a big deal that he did this one. I remember hearing, you know, people talk about, like, he's one of the major stars in this movie. He's got a huge role. Then, like, it's three scenes. (laughs) Right. Well, and and also the fact that, like, as much as I hate to say it, he's getting quite old at this point. It just, it doesn't make much sense. He is, but, I mean, the, his, his old Rocky workout with the steroids, it can keep him keep him with the body of, you know, better than both of us. So I think it's fine. (laughs) That's true. Well, moving over to to comic related stuff. um, I saw something this week that just really made my eyes nearly roll out of my head. So there are, I know, right? 
<laughs> there are some incentive covers coming out for, <clears throat> I think it's Immortal Hulk 33 and Hellions number one. They're one and 200 incentive covers, meaning for every 200 regular covers, the A covers that you order, you get one of these special incentives. And the special incentive cover is a blank cover. Yeah. So what would be the point of that? I, I don't know. I don't see that there is a point. Like who, yeah, who's going to spend the money to get that? Yeah, it's, it's one thing. Because like, I remember back way back in the day, there was a Nova incentive cover that I guess they're doing like a thing with uh, Deadpool at the time where Deadpool was on every cover and the Nova incentive one, I guess goes for a lot of money now. Cause it's what, you know, a really high numbered one. And it's just like, unless you own, like if you own like 10 stores, I think you could do that. No problem. Right. Get that type of stuff. But that's just a good way to put comic shops out of business. Yeah. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And <sighs> Like they're not just white covers. The Hulk cover's purple, and the Hellions cover is orange. So maybe Marvel's like, you know what? Maybe if they're different colors, people will jump all over these. But man, that but, is just so much money for a cover with nothing on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, just like, okay, the orange one, you can color that and make that look because like normally with the blank covers people will take them and get you know commissions done on it and they look looks cool but like an orange one you can do that still pretty easy a purple one that's like most of the guys will look like grimace after you know after it's done like who would want that <laughs> that's true like, you're looking like at you, a lot of like black and white on that yeah like if you got it like how much would you sell these for if you were to buy the one in 200 variant I mean, so I'm guessing because it's like a special issue, it's going to be more than three ninety nine anyways. So you're looking at, let's say it's a $5 book times 200 copies. Cost is roughly half that. You know, that that's what you're looking at just to get one of these in. And that's just to cover your butt on ordering them. You know, yeah. that's like not even making a profit on it. So, jeez, <laughs> I I don't envy you, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes I like if somebody wants, let's dial it back a bit. Let's say like a one in fifty. I have no problem getting it if that's covered, but you also have to get like two copies of that regular cover just to help me not sit on however many extra copies you know what i mean now, yeah let's say let's say though it's like batman and it was the like punchline variant cover one in 50 you know and like you knew like it was you knew this was going to sell all 50 easy but some guy was like i really want this one would he just have to pay up and then you'd more than likely sell out of the comic anyway yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. I think just about any comic shop would do that. You know, yeah. something like, you know, Batman's always going to sell no matter what. And yeah. Immortal Hulk is a really song, strong seller too. Um, has been for like nearly its whole run. But still, it's just like Immortal Hulk 33, a 1 in 200. It just, it just doesn't add up to me. And especially since like for two reasons <clears throat> I've been reading this book and like, I loved it to start and it has just been tapering off. Like to the point where I'm like always on the verge, like it's kind of lucky that most weeks I don't have huge pull lists. Cause like, that's going to be one of the first ones to go for me if I have to drop anything. Cause like, even though it started off so awesome, it's just been kind of like spinning its wheels here lately. So that would hurt it immensely in my opinion to try to do a one in 200. And it's also like, Outside of that, I mean, the last Hulk movie was the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. So, I mean, he doesn't have a lot going on that way. So it's hard to get the casuals in for that. Like, I don't think anyone's going to come in and be like, I want the Immortal Hulk because I saw him in, in, you know, Infinity War or whatever. Because if, 
you, anyone comes in and you tell them, oh, yeah, Mortal Hulk's really good and you saw Infinity War, you'll like it. You don't know what you're doing because that's nothing like that. <laughs> I agree, man. It, it's like there's a part glad. where... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to say there was one part where Hulk has his head cut off in jars and like all his oh. different body parts just in jars. So it's like, that's a bit different than the MCU. So it's like, you don't even have that audience to, you know, bank on. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm glad that Hulk is kind of in the spotlight right now. He, I don't think he's had a, a series that's sold quite like this since maybe planet Hulk. More than likely, that was the last one that I knew a lot of people were freaking out over anyway. Right. It's just it's just a silly thing. I really I don't understand Marvel's mindset here, but uh anyway, next on the list, there was a, a new casting for Doom Patrol. Yeah, it, one of the actresses from Glee, which I don't watch Glee, I don't know anything about her <clears throat> at all. I just saw this and I was like, Oh, that's interesting news she's going to be brought in as a random character in doom patrol uh hopefully she's got a bigger role i think it's gonna be kind of kind of neat like i'm excited for anything doom patrol related anyway because it was such a good series i'm so excited for the next season it was funny it was weird it was everything you want doom patrol to be it was actually less weird than the comic because that's one of the, the downsides of the grant morrison run was it was just too dang weird but yeah i'm i'm pretty pumped what, what about you, man? Uh, I'm unfamiliar with the actress, but like you, I'm pretty much ready for anything Doom Patrol related. I I was late to the party with that show. I watched it kind of late 2019, but it might have been my favorite like live action show that I watched that year. It was just, it was so good in all the performances. You know, they were just out of this world. I love I- it. I agree. I'm just so excited for for more. So hopefully it comes out soon. And then also, um, there was some Shang-Chi news as well, right? Oh, yeah. And there's been rumors circulating that Fin Fang Foom is going to be in the Shang-Chi movie. And also, I'm talking terrible today, like as far as pronouncing things. So having to say Fin Fang Foom and Shang-Chi is just terrible. (laughs) <laughs> but like it they're going to be in the like there's a rumor that he's going to be in that movie as one of the villains i don't know how i really feel about that like to me shang chi should be more just martial arts based and that type of stuff you know just crazy kung fu action scenes unless you know fighting a giant dragon but it does have me excited because i think that character is really cool looking like i'm a big kaiju fan if you know anything about me so like seeing that would be pretty rad i just know i really want his first appearance and this is going to make it so much harder do you have any opinions on the new movie coming out um i'm really excited to see it i'm glad that it's happening i well you and i are both big iron fist fans and really like that whole kung fu comic thing so you know while we may not have get, gotten everything we wanted from like the Iron Fist show, maybe we will get that from the Shang-Chi movie. That would but be pretty awesome. I do agree awesome. that uh, the Fin Fang film was kind of big for what I thought that this movie was going to be. You know, not that that really means anything, but uh, I don't know. All we can do is hope that it's cool. Yeah, it could just, for all we know, too, at this point, could be like, ah, he's a he's a big statue that, you know, they have sitting up and that's going to be a little cameo. Like how Fin Fang Foom was like, I think he was in Iron Man two in the background or Iron Man one. Like he was on a billboard for a movie. It was this big mechanical Fin Fang Foom in one of the movies. Oh, I don't think I ever knew that. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading it online. So it has to be real. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, the last thing I had for the news, um, Mariko Tamaki. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing those wrong. And Mikkel Janin are uh, taking over Wonder Woman this summer, the, uh, the comic book title. And I'm fairly excited for that because uh, 
Mariko Tamaki, she's done like Monstrous for Image, and I think she did the last She Hulk title, maybe, or a She Hulk title. Um, anyway, both, both of which I've heard amazing things about, and I've read a little bit of Monstrous and did really like that. And then uh, Janin's art is incredible. He has done a lot over the years, but I know he did uh, did some of Tom King's Batman run. So it'll be cool to see those guys take on Wonder Woman and to not have to read Steve Orlando's Wonder Woman anymore because <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> yeah, like that. That is one thing with Wonder Woman, though. It's just her, like her creative team. It can be so good or so bad, but they don't care what the last person did. They just kind of do their own continuity and throw that stuff in. So, like, this might be great, especially since neither of us have been reading the last run. We can just jump in and it, it'll be fine since I doubt they're going to care about the last run because uh, why Why would they start now, you know? <laughs> That's very true. And, I mean, either way, it's not been as good as when Azarello and Cliff Chang were on it, so... <laughs> that's true man all we can do is hope for the best uh but yeah now we will uh plug in some advertising so that we can help buy all these comics that we're reviewing oh boy okay so casey what comics did you read this week i kind of had a mountain of comics this week my comic book guy just doesn't cut me a good enough discount and just makes me buy all this stuff uh, what a jerk <laughs> but i read uh batman 90 by james tynan and jorge jimenez jimenez help me with pronunciation jimenez i think there we go uh the goon number nine by roger landridge and mike norton strange adventures by tom king uh, mitch gerards and evan shaner strike force by Tina howard and german peralta Outer Darkness, Chew by John Lehman, oh, Afu Chan, and Rob Gilroy. Daredevil 19 by Zadarsky and Charachetto. Uh, Justice League 42, Robert Vendetti and Aaron Lotresti. Lopresti, that's how you say it. I had horrible handwriting. Farmhand 14 <laughs> by Rob Gilroy. Justice League Odyssey by Dan Abnett and Cliff richards and then flash 750 by a whole list of people that i'll read later when we're talking when i'm going more in detail <laughs> what about you bud okay. um i got through sonic the hedgehog spider-man noir strange adventures and strange academy so far this week nice since we both the only one that we have overlapping is strange adventures you just want to start off kind of diving into that one yeah, sounds good. Um, <clears throat> so I thought it was fine. Like, the highlight for me was the Mitch Gerard's art. I think he's incredible all the time. No, um, I, I agree with that. He's, I, I like I like both the arts <clears throat> in it. I thought they fit really well. And yeah, they just, they really knocked out of the park. They did. Yeah, I don't want to discredit um, Doc Shaner. He's really good, too. But as far as the plot, man, I'm I'm pretty meh on it. It just feels a whole lot like his Mr. Miracle run, which I was not a fan of because I just feel like it wasn't in character for Mr. Miracle. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that being said, there was a, a character appearance on that last panel who has me pretty excited for the next issue. And, you know, I really do want to give a, a series more than one issue before I, I judge it too harshly. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty big Adam strange fan. I, I really think the character is really cool. And, and this time I will say he did a good job writing him. Like Tom King did do a pretty good job of him, but as far as some of the other characters in there, the characterizations and also the fact that like people would care this much, like they're calling him a war criminal on a war on another planet. And like this one guy's like, Oh, I know the truth. You know, it's just like, first off you don't cause you weren't there is another planet. Like that doesn't make any sense. And then it's just, and so this huge, you know, Oh, this is going to be a huge, big old crazy thing. It's like, 
why would people care this is at the very least is just a just a fun story for people to read of this guy being a hero and and so that that was really stupid to me and then it's also the fact that like there's a cameo with batman in it where adam strange comes to him and he's like hey you're the best detective on the planet can you like prove i'm innocent because i know i'm innocent and if the best detective says i'm innocent people will have to believe and batman just goes which is this the most out of character thing in the world to me and it kind of shows like how Tom King just doesn't get the character and why it's good to be critical of his Batman run. He goes, no, I've, I, you know, fought beside you. You've saved my life. I trust you. Superman has fought beside him and saved his life so many times. And he still carries around kryptonite to knock him out. Like Batman doesn't trust people. That's not his bag. He's not like, that's not something he would ever do. If, you know, someone said I might have killed him. He's like, oh, I've already checked into it. You didn't. You're good. Or he's like, you did. And I'm taking you in. That's just that's how he is as a character. So I don't quite understand that. But the character that shows up at the end, that is pretty neat. And I'm going to be probably just complaining about this 12 you know, issue series the whole time. I'm going to be reading the whole thing. So, oh, well, at least you <laughs> have nice art. For sure. Well, um, why don't you talk about another one that you read? All right. Um, I'm just going to kind of do a quick like, oh, this was good because this reason for a big stack. And then I'll do more in depth for the stuff I liked more if that works for you. Absolutely. Okay. So Justice League, it has a bunch of eradicators. For some reason, I forgot to get the last issue. So I was a little bit lost, but the eradicators were doing crazy stuff. And like John Stewart and Batman are butting heads and Barry Allen like cuts loose on him and that's so cool because you don't see him do that often and yeah it's just it's just vendetti he gets these characters it seems like it reads more like a all of these characters with their own voice versus reading like the justice league cartoon which i still like that but this to me is just a little bit better uh the goon this is really good but since it's not written by eric powell the characters do seem a little off like it seems more like really good fan fiction versus the actual characters strike force. It is what it is. It's fun. This had Deadpool in it. So I think they're hurting, you know, for sales. So they just toss Deadpool in like they used to do Wolverine. <laughs> um, Outer darkness and Chu. I miss Chu. So this was just so great to see that. I, I don't know what our outer darkness is, but I want to read it now. And yeah, like it just had some of the great, Rob Gilroy moments like there was one part where um, they had Poyo and they're like where's Poyo and it cuts to Poyo and he's like a splash page of him versus this giant kaiju named Shelvis which is a, a shell dressed <laughs> like Elvis and then uh, just like Odyssey again like this is one of those books where I didn't expect to love it as much as I have and it's just kind of blown me away like this issue was kind of meh like it was just kind of a build up to the next bigger fight and that's what like the last two or three issues have been is just build up but it's still really good and i'd really recommend it okay now i'll I'll let you talk now all right man um i'll start with sonic this issue was really cool because um the gist is that there's like a metal virus taking over um everyone and even Sonic has contracted this metal virus. So he's like constantly having to keep running. Otherwise, so catch up to him and turn him metal. So he's like teeing up with everybody. He's got like, uh, you know, Tails, Knuckles, Amy. Um, Silver is there. Rouge, Chaotix, Eggman. And even the Sonic Riders people from the Sonic Riders uh, video game. The Ken so, Pender guys. Um. <laughs> we, hey, that's, that's a, a touchy subject, man. <laughs> we haven't seen those characters in ages, but, uh, but it's still cool. They, they're all trying to steal Boss Emeralds back from this group called the Deadly Six so that Sonic can go supersonic and uh, somehow undo the virus. I don't know. They have a plan. I'm sure it'll work out, but... It sure is a lot of fun to read. Nice. Now, when you say metal, is it like Batman metal where 
they're like kind of like just you know hardcore versions of sonic so like you know sonic's like slowly turning into the sonic who laughs or is he just turning like straight up metal (laughs) just like straight up metal though i think everybody would prefer the sonic who laughs yeah i I think you should cosplay (laughs) that sometime (laughs) oh man that'd be great Okay, so I'm going to talk about Batman now. Uh, Batman 90, it, the cover, like, I love these kind of covers where it's like, if 20 years from now, I have somehow have kids and they're looking through the comics and they're like, Catwoman's secret will tear them apart. I got to read this. And then like they read it and they realize her secret's not going to do really any damage because they're adults who like each other or love each other. So they're just like, <laughs> you know, he's like, oh yeah, this was your past. That's fine. But it kind of it introduces the villain, the designer, and um, some spoiler alerts for this issue. Uh, wait five seconds. Um, he meets with all of the all of the characters, uh, not all the characters, but he meets with Catwoman, Riddler, uh, Penguin, and the Joker back way back in their early days, and he helps them all devise their own perfect crime. And like Penguins included a bunch of different. Uh, villain like assassins that would make him become the mayor riddlers was i don't really remember riddlers it was kind of like glazed over because they haven't really touched on what riddlers doing you know what his is going to be yet if i remember correctly and then catwoman she was going to steal all this money from a big corporation and then joker they hadn't got to yet like they're in the he was joker was in the room with them for a really long time and then the guy just, the designer comes out and he's like, we have to kill them all. We have to kill them all. You know, he's yelling and stuff because he's like, I looked in Joker's eyes and I just, I knew that this, this guy was so evil. And, you know, and then they all fight and they kill, all, you know, kill all the designers men. And then Joker kills the designer and then bash, you know, flash forward now. And Catwoman's like, this is the first time we knew Joker was uh, terrible. Like normally it was just laughing gas and like, you know, fish guns and all this other stuff. But, this was like the scary Joker. And, and I kind of like when you read it, it reads like that, that Joker reads a lot like Mark Hamill, but like if you took the darkness, like darkness level, like normal, it's like a, you know, five with the Mark Hamill Joker upped it to 10. That's how this Joker read, which was really good. And so, yeah, like you have that whole story going on and then there's other little things kind of throughout. And it's really interesting. This it's got really got me hooked. Like, the start of Tynan's run, I wasn't really sold on it, but now I'm just excited to see where it goes because it's, yeah, it's, it's really got me. It sounds great. Um, yeah, the next one I read was Spider-Man Noir, and I just kind of picked that up on a whim. I thought the cover looked cool. I've never really read that character before, but um, man. It was some of the best art I've seen in a while. It was done by Juan Ferreira, who did Gotham by Midnight. Um, and just, like, really captures that noir genre perfectly. Nice. But then also the writer does uh, the dialogue, like, you know, in that period piece so well. Like, I, it just really feels like we're watching the Maltese Falcon or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. That's awesome. Now... Um, does it make him kind of more like a joke like they did in the Spider-Verse movie? It's, I think it's more of a serious tone um, without spoiling anything. Some, some pretty heavy stuff happens and Peter actually has to like leave to like travel the world so he can solve this mystery. So I'm really looking forward to where it's going to go. That does sound pretty awesome. Yeah. What was your next one? Um, the next one I want to talk about is Daredevil 19. Like, this whole arc, I, this is another one of those ones where I was like, I don't know where this is going. And it's been really good, though. And Zdarsky's really killing it. And, like, the way the last issue ended, to get, just to kind of mess with Hell's Kitchen, the, these rich billionaires that want to kind of mess with it, they sent all these bad guys in. And it was Crossbones, Stiltman rhino uh, another guy i don't remember his name and so they all went in there and they're tearing up the city causing all sorts of ruckus and all the people there were like we're gonna stand up you know stand up to him and they because since daredevil's gone 
they are all now Daredevil. They're all putting on Daredevil masks and they're fighting. But they're regular people against Spider-Man and Daredevil villains and Captain America villains. Like, they're getting just slaughtered. And one thing that was neat is, like, Bullseye's in it. And when you read Zatarsky's Bullseye, it's like, it made me want, like, him to do a Joker. Because he makes him so crazy and terrible that I'm like, man, this is, like, a couple steps below Joker. Like, it... Him writing just a Joker series would just be incredible. And then, like, the, like the one downside is there wasn't enough Stiltman. There was, like, one scene with Stiltman just being high up there. And I'm like, man, Zdarsky's going to put him in everything. And he was barely in it. <laughs> like, if you follow Zdarsky on Twitter, he brought up how he wanted to make every character Stiltman and just didn't pan out for some reason. But... <laughs> But yeah, so it was just, it was awesome. My, like my, my real criticism though, is like all this stuff's going on at the beginning of the series, like Iron Fist, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, they were all in it and they're all like talking to, you know, Daredevil and they were all in Hell's Kitchen. All of this stuff's going on now and they're nowhere to be found. Like they, like I need to kind of know where they're at now since it's already been brought up that they'll gladly go to hell's kitchen. It's like, Oh, that was too dangerous. I'm not messing with this, but <laughs> the way it ended, it just ended in such an incredible way that like I audibly went like, yes, which probably wasn't the best since my girlfriend was sleeping when I read it, but I don't think she heard me. So that's all good. <laughs> that's a series that I really do want to catch up on because I think Mark Tichetto's art is out of this world and I love everything I've read of Zdarsky's. Yeah, I mean, it. the, the art is oh, it's so good. <laughs> and then uh, the final one I read was Strange Academy and that one was pretty fun. Essentially um, any young person that has some sort of magic ability um, has been asked to come to this school being headed by Dr. Strange and a couple other people like uh, Brother Voodoo who's going by Dr. Voodoo um, and then like a couple of guest professors like Magic, Scarlet Witch um, and I, I'm forgetting who else is there but uh Anyway, it, it was just cool, you know, kids going to a magic school, it, it's just fun. I'm not like a, a huge fan of Humberto Ramos's art. I think it's a bit cartoony, but it does fit this book really well. And it's cool to see students from like every corner of Marvel. I mean, there's a couple Asgard, uh, Asgardians, there's like a Frost Giant student, um, like somebody who I can only assume is a new character. Their name is Doyle Dormammu, and it just looks like a small Dormammu. <laughs> so I don't know if like if that's you know a kid or some some weird spawn. I don't really know. But anyway, it was a fun first issue, and and I'm interested to see where it's gonna go. I do love how they gave Dormammu's. I'm assuming sons like the, the weeniest name, like Doyle, <laughs> no offense to anyone named Doyle out there, but like that, you could have chose anything else. <laughs> right. Hey, Doyle rules. Oh yeah. True. Maybe will rule. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I got two more comics I want to talk about left. Uh, Farmhand number 14. Like this is, it just kind of does a lot of back storytelling in it. And like it talks about Monica Thorne and how she first started being able to talk to the plants and hear all this stuff and all of that. And it, that was really interesting. And then the dog that um, Jed's grandson has, it explains how he was an animal that was experimented on. He still has some rough feelings for the people that were experimenting on him. And it ended up eating like a caterpillar or something. That's why it looks the way it looks like this ter terrible monstrosity. That's still a lovable dog. <laughs> and one other thing that was like, if you've ever read a uh, Rob Gilroy book, you would know that it's like he has these little hidden jokes all throughout. And it's so, so funny. Like there was one part in the hospital where there's like just a 
sign that just says give kids drugs and then like another one where it's like this the mayor calls up uh the main character and in the background it says the most honest ish politician and it was a big award which i i just (laughs) love that and then uh flash 750 has multiple artists multiple stories uh the first one's called the flash age and it's by joshua williamson uh Rafa Sandova and Steven Segoa, I'm assuming. Uh, so, like, it just starts off with this guy being interviewed, talking about the Flash and how what you know how the Flash helped him, and he was gonna go rob a bank, and then out of nowhere, the Rogues showed up, and Flash beat the Rogues up, and this guy like he was there, you know, he had a gun in his hand and stuff, and the gun's out of his hand, and he just is at like a job fair. And he's like, I don't even know how I like flash just got me there. And it's like, that's just the most flash thing that you can have in a comic. Like, that's so awesome. And then like, <laughs> it then catches you up everything that's happened so far. Like if you've never read a flash comic, but you wanted the seven fifty issue, this catches you up everywhere, gets you up to speed. No pun intended. And then it goes to more, you know, more people being interviewed. And this was like kids being like, Oh, this monkey got out and he could talk and flash beat him up and he got us ice cream. And I'm like, that's, you know, that's, again, very Flash. And it turns out that Iris is the one interviewing everybody. And Flash doesn't know how he feels about all these people kind of putting him on such a pedestal because he's humble. He's not like a Superman where he kind of gets treated like a god. And, you know, he kind of like Superman just kind of brushes it off because he he was born on a farm. So he's just kind of got that natural humbleness to him where Flash, he just doesn't know how to take that stuff in. And then Godspeed shows back up. He takes them to this guy. He tells him about Paradox. He's like, I know where he is. Takes them there. Paradox is there. And then he wants them to fight. And that's how the issue ends. And it's just like, it was a really just a good regular, regular issue of The Flash. And then there, the, this was, this would have been my second favorite in it though. It was, it was a issue or it was a story called Beer Run. It's by Jeff Johns and Rob Lay, which it's great having them back. Jeff Johns' run on Flash was just, probably you know top five greatest comic book runs of all time like at least with dc comics i'm not the biggest jeff johns fans but that's just how good that series was and so captain cold is sitting around like you know doing his inner monologue talking about how he's a crook and how a lot of people ask him why he's in this town when you know there's flash and stuff but it's where his hockey team is and you know this is just his home so he's gonna be here and he runs out of beer, and so he decides while he's watching the hockey game, he's going to go get more beer. And he goes down goes down the street, and he's off, dude. He doesn't give a crap about, you know, holding anybody up or anything. And he walks in. This guy walks in after him, you know, with a gun. He's going to rob the place, and Captain Cole's like, ah. And, you know, he pulls his gun on the guy, and he's like, look, this is my territory. You're not allowed to be robbing on my territory. And then the guy's like, oh, I'm going to shoot you if you don't, you know, if you don't put your gun up and so Captain Cole's like, I was going to give you a break, but I need to get back to this hockey game. So he just freezes him. And then the the guy behind the counter is freaking out. So he's pressing the cop button, you know. And so the, all the cops show up and he's like, oh. he's like, I was going to give you money. I support local businesses. Like that's an actual quote, which is just perfect. Because <laughs> like Jeff Johns just gets this character so well. And so then, you know, he goes out there and he just beat, you know, freezes all the cops and he leaves. And he, then it goes to Wally West and Linda Park because it doesn't really let you know this at the time, but this is clearly a pre new 52 story. And like, Wally's just kind of complaining. He's like, I know the reason why Snart did this. He just did this. Cause he hates me. He knew I was out of town and the flash museum is going to be getting a big old thing. And, and he just wants to kind of ruin that. Cause he just hates me so much. And then it just goes back to captain cold, drinking his beer, watching hockey. Like he just had no care really about the flash doing, you know, when he was doing this and it was so perfect. <laughs> And then the next one was uh, Flash, Why You? And it was by Francis Manipole and Brian Bucciolato. I've really missed Francis Manipole's art. I don't know what he's been doing, but it was just so nice seeing him. Like, he just does the Flash so well. And it's just kind of like Flash gets kind of asked, what would the world be like without Barry Allen as the Flash? And so... Uh, since flash has all these random speed force related powers he's got one called the speed mind which sends him, his mind into the speed force and he can look at all these different alternate realities he's it's very much um 
it's a wonderful life. And so, you know, he goes to one reality where Grodd is the good guy and he's saving lives. And, you know, he's beloved by people. And another one where uh, it turns out Iris was the Flash. And, like, there's still, like, that love interest between her and Barry, but Barry's dating this other person. And then this other other one where Flash is, it's like our, our world, and Flash is just a comic book, and there's this girl that was Rignet, and she's doing science experiments. And, and like, then it goes back to Barry, and he's just happy he is the Flash. And it's this, it was just kind of a fun little story. And there's another one that was, like, Flash of All Worlds by Marv Wolfman and uh, Riley Rosmo. I wasn't a huge fan of the art, but it really works with this story. Lots of mirror master stuff. So like all, you know, flash kind of changes his head gets big. His head gets small. He shrinks, he you know grows big and stuff. And he's breaking mirrors. It was, it was a fine story. Like it was fun little story for this thing. And then at the storyline by uh, Williamson again, and David Marquez, and it's just Jay Garrick. It's, just a wonderful, wonderful issue. Like I've missed Jay so much and it's just about him, like fighting this guy around world war two. I'm assuming world war two times and he's fighting this guy and the dude, you know, he's like basically just trying to reinstill hope because everyone's kind of scared because of, you know, the wartime that it is. And I love Jay Garrick. Joshua Williamson needs to write Jay Garrick all the time because he nailed it. <laughs> And then flash forward epilogue. This is by Scott LaBelle and Brett Booth. Like I didn't read the main flash forward story, but Brett Booth's art is wonderful. Like he, he just kills it. Like he does on everything. Uh, this is another one where just like, since I didn't read it, didn't know what was going on. This spent like the first page just catching you up completely. So then by the end of it, I knew what was going on. And I'm not the biggest fan of Scott LaBelle, but he, like, after reading this, I was like, man, it just seems like he's trying to correct the terribleness that was Heroes in Crisis. And, <laughs> like, not to be crapping on Tom King too much, but it's just, I really do think, like, he just tried to, you know, make Bear, you know, make Wally not be a murderer, you know, or not, not really not be a murderer, but just kind of, kind of fix that terrible characterization. And so it does make sure. me want to read that. And... It also just kind of to be continued in Generation Zero. So it's got me kind of excited for that. I don't know what that is, but more Wally. So that's always good. And that's all I read. Right on, man. Sounds like a really good week of comics yeah. for you. Okay. So I say we ended on a Fantastic Four. And to explain what Fantastic Four is, we come up with something from the news, we pull a headline from the news, and then we make. I make Jake make a list from that headline because, you know, I'm a terrible friend. But uh, so <laughs> since, you know, the, the pictures of the Batmobile have surfaced, I was thinking other heroes have had vehicles over the past. What are your top four favorite other superhero vehicles besides Batman? What you got? Ooh. That is a great question. Um, the first one is going to be Blue Beetle's Bug. Nice. Because I like Ted Cord a lot. And one of my very favorite DC runs of all time was Justice League International. And uh, Blue Beetle's on that team. And that's how he flew the team around. And it was just great fun. So that one's up there. Right on. Um, I'm going to go with Moon Knight's Mooncopter uh, just because it looks really cool. And, you know, if you're going to fly a ship and it's not going to look like a giant beetle, it should probably look like the Mooncopter, which is sleek and cool. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of flying in here, I see. Yeah, yeah, and uh, no shortage of flying on the next one either, <laughs> which is uh, Phantom X's Eva. But that one's a little bit different because Eva's actually like a living thing. She's just connected uh, to Phantom X's mind. Now, um, does, does that like um, like backseat drive him a lot or no? 
It's like slow down. Um, it can. Oh, okay. It can, but I think a lot of the times, um, since they're so like in sync, everything's pretty chill. I gotcha. Plus, she can move on her own too, and it's fine. Oh, fair enough. And then for the sake of not flying, I'm gonna go with Ghost Riders. Is it called like Hell Cycle or something? I like think that? so. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go with Ghost Rider's motorcycle. I'm I'm disappointed. There was a couple that I was hoping you'd put, like Spider Man's car, because it climbs up walls. <laughs> um, and much like Spider Man himself, I know it's kind of useless, but it's wonderful. And then <laughs> you know the Arrowmobile, it's shaped like a big arrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man, you asked for my list, not for you. Fair enough. List. I'm just saying, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll get it right next time maybe but hey we we want to know what's what what are all the listeners favorite comic book themed vehicles that aren't the batmobile you should you should let us know yeah email us and and then before we uh oh yeah there we go we're both going the same yeah. route here <laughs> before we sign off uh we'd like to remind everybody again to follow us on twitter and instagram our twitter handle is what Casey? i don't know i don't have it written down in front of me <laughs> i believe it is two underscore worlds underscore pc that's the one and our instagram handle <clears throat> is two worlds pod and then, like I said, any questions, you can email us at twoworldspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate us on uh, wherever you're listening to this. Five stars. Five stars. Well, thanks, guys, so much for listening. And we'll be back next week. Bye.